now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week by the support, in part, by our sponsors, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech, and the lawyers at the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from local professionals in the areas of insurance, mortgages, building inspections, and legal aspects, Denise Carey, Carey Smith, and Sitka Law are great people to chat with. You can find their contact information by visiting the CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows. They'll, there you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. And all their contact information is there. Uh, or you can always find me online or on social media. I'd be happy to introduce you. Uh, as your host, uh, I am a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been selling homes here since 1991. I've seen hundreds of transactions, have bumped into almost every situation you can imagine. And I love sharing that with you because real estate is one of these topics that everyone likes to talk about. Uh, call me, by the way, if you yourself need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs. If you're thinking of buying or selling, maybe this week or maybe this month, give me a call. I'd be happy to help you. My own personal website for our real estate team, the Prime Real Estate Team, is primeteam.ca. I want to start the show by telling everyone about our amazing, I'm so thrilled about this, our home buyer and owner event. This will be happening on Saturday, March the 9th at the Union Club downtown. It's going to be from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. It is an event with the home show professionals from the show you're listening to right now. You'll be up close and personal with myself and all of the sponsors of this show. That's mortgage broker Denise Webster, home insurance manager uh, from Island Savings, Carrie Augustini, billing inspector Carrie Smith, and the the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group. You'll learn tips on buying, selling, owning, and insuring your home. Uh, There's limited seating. Tickets are only $25. That does include a light lunch. You can register by going on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Again, that's the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Just look under shows, you'll find us. And there you can register. But we are giving away a pair of tickets every week until the event. So the first person to email me will receive them. Two tickets, value of $50, but the event itself is priceless. You're going to get so much information. My email address is tony at primeteam.ca. That's tony at primeteam.ca. And I'll let you know if you're the lucky winner for the week. For everyone else, be sure you register. We'd love to see you there. This week, we have with us the president of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. That's Phil Moore. He'll be talking with us all about what's happening in the Vancouver marketplace. Uh, who are the buyers? Are Are they foreign buyers? He'll tell us a little bit about the Vancouver vacancy tax, which is, by the way, separate from our British Columbia speculation tax, uh, and a whole host of other things. Really looking forward to having a chat with him. Let's start our show with our usual weekly listener question. If you've got a question about real estate, about the process of buying or selling, or about your home, your property, anything, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Our phone number here is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, just visit us on the cfax1070.com website, and we'll discuss it on the air. Had an email this week from Cheryl. Cheryl moved from a condo to a house and now is faced with having to deal with maintaining her storm drains. It's an area that she was not familiar with before because, of course, when you're in a condo, you don't deal with these things. Cheryl wants to know exactly 
what drain tiles are and how often they need to be maintained. Uh, great question, Cheryl, and actually kind of timely as well, too, this time of year. Um, so the perimeter drain tile system, and this is something we'll bring up, by the way, with Kerry Smith, our home inspector, uh, one of these days. Um, the water that comes off of your roof needs to go somewhere. So, of course, you'd be familiar with the gutters that are uh, around the uh, outside of your, basically, circle. they, they encircle your roof. Uh, the down uh, spouts connect the roof to the perimeter storm drain. And the whole idea is to move water away from your roof and actually away from the house as well, too. As you can imagine, if you didn't have storm drains, which incidentally, many homes don't, especially older homes in certain areas of town. If there is, if you're not diverting water away from the foundation of your house, you may have issues or problems with uh, flooding or water penetration into either your crawl space, uh, your slab, it's a, if it's a slab on grade, uh, or even your basement as well. Um, this is also an area of discussion that uh, Carrie Augustini from Island Savings likes to bring up a lot too because water damage is one of the biggest things that insurance companies deal with uh, on a regular basis. However, it is an area that does need to be maintained on a regular basis, Cheryl. Uh, and most people forget about perimeter drains. You know, we will go and um, uh, show a buyer a home. They're interested in it. They do their building inspection. Uh, and when the building inspection happens, the inspector uh, will do their best to have a look at the drain tile to see if there's any clogging. By the way, uh, the best person to call during an inspection is a perimeter drain tile company to, to have a look uh, because building inspectors, they don't have all the time to look at the drain tile. They are going to be looking at the rest of your house. Again, Carrie Smith uh, will tell us about that. But what happens is roots from trees in the surroundings of your home may penetrate the perimeter drain tile. And if they are clogged or cause blockages, then what will happen is that water, which is supposed to divert away from your house, will go into your house. And as I said a moment ago, sometimes people forget about this. We bumped into homes where people have lived in them for 10 years and have never done anything. Uh, we generally hear the recommendation is to get them cleaned out every two years. I know there's people that do it more frequently than that, but every two years is a good idea. Uh, I would suggest to you uh, that you want to book that cleaning. Um, well, first of all, if, if you just moved in, you want to do it now or as soon as possible to make sure they're cleaned out. Um, but don't wait until the fall or winter two years from now. I would book your perimeter drain tile uh, cleaning uh, the summer prior. Uh, and that's for a few reasons. First of all, uh, the drain tile guys, as you can imagine, they're busy and booked up in the wintertime because that's when everyone has their problems with their drain tile. So if you're looking for maintenance and a cleaning, get it done beforehand. That's actually when they're looking for business. They're not quite as busy. Uh, you'll have a lot easier time uh, booking them. Uh, and that's really preventative maintenance. You want to make sure that that's looked into. There's a lot of things to consider in a house that are very different from a condo. Um, you know, it's something that actually we've been talking about maybe putting on a separate seminar for people who need uh, to learn more about the systems in their house. Because, you know, uh, when you go to a house, you've got things like where's the water shut off, um, knowing the ages of things like your roof. You know, what your insulation is like and a whole bunch of other things uh, that you would probably find very handy knowing because the worst thing is finding out problems like leakage in the basement when it's too late. And when somebody says to you, you know, you would have prevented this if you had actually cleaned it out. Uh, yeah, preventative maintenance is always a good thing. 
Uh, so that is the perimeter drain tile. Cheryl, thanks very much for asking us the question. And for everyone else, if you've got a question, call us, 250-414-6540. Uh, or, again, find us online, cfax1070.com. Wow, uh, there's so many things to talk about surrounding your home and real estate. And if you own a business uh, that is home or real estate related, we'd love to hear from you, even have you here on the show as well, too. So many great things happening out there. Our weather is changing. Uh, we have this buyer and owner event coming up on March the 9th. Don't forget about that. Uh, and when we come back from our break in a moment here, we'll be having a chit-chat with Phil Moore. Phil is the president of the Read the State Board of Greater Vancouver. He's a great spokesperson for the organization. Uh, also a very, very busy real estate agent. He's been in the business for 30 years. He's got lots of wisdom, and uh, I thought he would be great to have on the show because a lot of what happens in the Vancouver marketplace is really relevant to what happens here because when you think about it, uh, much of the Vancouver market spills over into, Vancouver, uh, into Victoria. Uh, a lot of the growth that we've seen uh, in the past few years have been those people that have sold their houses for very high dollars in the Vancouver market and come here to Victoria. And why do they choose Victoria? Choose Victoria because of the pace, because it's a slower, uh, it's it's a much more manageable lifestyle. You're not in a rush all the time. You know, anybody here who's driven through downtown Vancouver in the middle of the day during the work week knows this. There's nothing worse than getting stuck in traffic, which we incidentally don't have here in Victoria. So looking forward to this conversation with Phil Moore. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be having a great chat about Vancouver. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. As a reminder, our home buyer and owner event will be happening on Saturday, March the 9th at the Union Club downtown from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Join me and the rest of The Whole Home Show sponsors to have a great discussion and presentations all about real estate. We'd love to see you there. Uh, if you would like tickets, they're $25 each. You'll find them on the CFAX 1070 website. Look under shows. There you'll find the whole home show with Tony Joe, and you can register right there. You better hurry up, too, by the way, because tickets are moving fast. Uh, our guest today is the president of the Vancouver Real Estate Board, Phil Moore. I want to give you a little bit of a background here. Phil served on the Vancouver Police Department uh, from 1980 to 1989. He was licensed as a realtor in 1989. Uh, has been a very busy agent ever since in the uh, Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. He is one of REMAX's top producers, always very highly ranked himself and his partner Doris. Uh, he has received uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award and also Circle of Legends, which is significant because that is a really big production award within REMAX. Phil, thanks for uh, coming on our show here. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, Phil, so uh, tell us about what's going on in Vancouver. We'd love to hear about uh, how the market is doing right now. Well, we certainly started the year off with a lot more inventory than we did a year ago. So a year ago, we had around 6,900 homes mm -hmm. active for sale. This year, we started the, the year off with over 10,000, and we've been climbing uh, steadily. We're sitting right now around 11,000 properties for sale. And that gives buyers a lot more selection than they've had in the past few years. Wow, so a 30% thir increase in inventory. That's correct. Wow. Okay, so for our listeners, just to let you know, Victoria is standing right now somewhere around 2,200 or 2,300 listings, which is still considered low in Vancouver, obviously a, a much bigger city, uh, 11,000 listings. That is, that's a lot. 
Yeah, what we're really noticing is is well, we did have a lot of construction that take place. We were on record record pace for construction for new housing starts, and what we see now is our condo inventory, which was always low. That's actually up from a year ago, 129 percent. We're sitting at roughly about 4,000 condos to choose from. Mm-hmm. So it really makes it an interesting market for buyers. The buyers have lots of choices. Well, so there's lots of choices, but how about the urgency? I mean, are people rushing to the uh, to the gates like they were before? So it, it's it's continuing the path that most of the year took. It was a wait and see approach, and the buyers had so many changes thrown at them, beginning with the B20 stress test, and then all the government taxes. The buyers started to take a wait and see approach, and although our condos were busy at the beginning of last year, the market certainly settled down, and from July on. Um, we started to see fewer and fewer sales um, and prices starting to edge downwards on all categories. Wow. Well, there's a lot of things to talk about, and, and we'll be covering this over our, our time together here because, you know, you, you mentioned the uh, mortgage stress test. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in rules that have happened in British Columbia, uh, federally as well, though, too. Uh, yep. But it seems like a lot of these rules that have come into place in British Columbia has been as a result of the craziness that happened in Vancouver, right? Uh, certainly, uh, we certainly were uh, had prices that were out of control. The government recognized it, and they wanted to step in and, and do intervention that would control the prices and actually bring them down. And they certainly, they certainly have uh, certainly decreased the amount of activity. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the unintended consequences of that B20 stress test is it forced more buyers into that pri- lower price range. And I found that the Market seven hundred fifty thousand and under, yeah. where two potential buyers are working and they're both averaging sixty thousand each. Yeah. Uh, they were forced into that seven fifty and under price range, and that's what we really seen was really active last year. Yeah. So all, all of a sudden, that got market. really that got really busy. Yeah, it, it, especially the first six months, we had we had condos that had fourteen, fifteen, sixteen offers, yeah. um, and it was uh, it forced more people into that lower price range. Well, let's just remind the listeners here. So the B20 rule is the, the mortgage stress test, and that came in um, last year. And basically what it what it is, this is a requirement uh, by the Bank of Canada that consumers qualify for a mortgage, not at the interest rate that they can achieve, but at uh, 2% uh, over... Um, uh, basically, they want to make sure that consumers could afford the mortgage just in case interest rates went upwards. But the the result was their qualification level was reduced significantly, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, getting back to what Phil said, you had all these people that maybe could have qualified for a million-dollar house, and then when the rules came in, they could only afford, they could only qualify. They could afford it, but they could only qualify for uh, $700,000, which if you think about it like a swimming pool, all of a sudden you went from a relatively quiet swimming pool to one that was really full, right? A lot of people there. That's right. Yeah. And uh, at, at the beginning, it was strictly the banks, and then the federal government moved into the credit unions, and now they're talking about uh, putting the same stress test on private mortgages. Yeah, that has been so, news so, recently. Yeah. yeah, they'll put even more pressure on that lower price range. Um, we've certainly seen prices that have dropped substantially in that $3 million category and above in the lower mainland of Vancouver, but it the B20 stress tests and the taxes haven't helped your average Canadian trying to get into the market. Well, this is the thing, because the intention, the hope was that it would add affordability 
so that people could afford to buy in these these market areas, right? Are houses cheaper in Vancouver? I mean, you just mentioned things are softer in the three million range, but how about in the 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 you know the segment, the fastest moving segment of, of your marketplace? Like, are houses cheaper? So we've watched uh, them edge downwards uh, pretty much all year, and and now they're off about eight to ten percent depending on the neighborhood. So actually, if someone was selling a condo or townhouse. Now's the opportunity to move up. Um, let's take, for example, Vancouver. Uh, there was never any sales under a million dollars in Vancouver. And now, over the last 60 days, we've seen 8, 10, 15. There, we're starting to see a few more sales under a million dollars. And that was the threshold that we never seen before. Yeah, well, I think it's important to, to, to note, though, it's not like it's not like it went from a million dollars to $600,000. It's just you're talking about that line, the $1 million line where you couldn't find things below it before, now you can, probably just slightly below it, right? That's right. That's right. Just slightly below it. I mean, it, it's uh, the, the city that I work in is right next to Vancouver in Burnaby, mm-hmm. and something that was $1.2 million now is $1.1 million. Um, but the townhouse market, you know, with the townhouse and the condos going up, that gap's closed. Mm-hmm. And so there's an opportunity there if a buyer can qualify for the mortgage to move up. Ah, so what you're saying is taking advantage of um, taking advantage of finding that buyer for your townhouse and then moving up to a house that is cheaper now than it was before. If you can qualify is the key point, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? We've, we're hearing this story in Toronto as well, too. So I guess Toronto and Vancouver share kind of the same situation right now. That's correct. Yeah. Um, now, Toronto, we know, uh, detached single-family homes, quieter. Their condo market is, is quite busy still. How about Vancouver? So the first 28 days of the market, uh, buyers have been sitting on a fence. It's certainly the government assessments came out, uh, the year-end statistics came out, and so buyers are taking a, a wait-and-see approach. We notice open houses really busy, oh. but we don't see buyers stepping up yet. And and that's because there's a little bit of instability, and they don't like instability. They're, they're a little bit concerned. What do you think they're waiting for? They're waiting to see what might happen with prices. Yeah. Um, they're, they're certainly surprised. I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing open houses where we would have had three, four, five people, and now we're seeing them with 30. And so they come in, and they, they, there is a wow factor. Wow, this is a good price. Mm-hmm. Or, wow, I have a lot of selection. And so, you know... They're looking for something a little bit positive, get a little confidence, and then they buy. But right now, the month of January, they've been just shopping, and they've been looking at quite a bit of inventory. Isn't that amazing? You know, everyone wants to get in when the market's hot, but when things start to cool down, it's it's like, oh, no, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait and see, right? Well, we certainly call it the fear of missing out, and we noticed it in the beginning of last year with the condo prices. There were so many offers, and I had so many buyers that were frustrated. They put in offers. They found themselves in multiple offers over and over again, and they still haven't bought, and now they're a little more cautious. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're here talking with Phil Moore. Phil is the current president of the Vancouver Real Estate Board, also a realtor with REMAX in Burnaby. Uh, Listen, Phil, we need to take a quick little break. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech, and the lawyers at the Sitka Law Group 
for all your real estate, wills, and estates, corporate, and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from local professionals on the topics of insurance, mortgages, billing inspection, and legal aspects, these are great people to chat with. If you would like their contact information, just go to the CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there. Oh, or, as always, I'd be happy to connect you with them. We're on the line right now with Phil Moore. Phil is the president of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. Again, Phil, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Not a problem. All right, so uh, we're talking about the Vancouver marketplace. Uh, before the break, uh, you brought up a really key point uh, in the Vancouver market, and actually also kind of true here in Victoria as well, which is it's a softer marketplace right now. Things aren't moving as fast. The urgency isn't there. It actually is a good time for people to consider moving upwards from their condo or townhouse into a house, as long as the affordability is there. Or, sorry, the uh, qualification is there, you said. That's right, yeah. And and I think buyers will be shocked at the fact that the prices are softer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more time, too. The buyers have more time to do their due diligence, so they have an opportunity to look and do an inspection. They get an opportunity to read the minutes, the engineer's report if they're buying a condo, they have an opportunity to do their due diligence, and there isn't that stress mm-hmm. that they had earlier on in the year of 2018, especially the early part where you were looking at 10, 12, 15 offers. So, I mean, I really like the time of the year to work with buyers because uh, there's plenty of selection, slightly lower prices, yeah. and you've got time to do your due diligence. So it makes it for a more informed decision. For sure. Actually, Vancouver was the epicenter for all that craziness globally. So for a couple of years where there was no inventory and there was that push, you guys were seeing all these multiple offers. People were writing offers without conditions, which is just, you know, what you just referred to. Um, Man, there was no other place on the planet that that could rival Vancouver in that craziness, right? I know, and and the the inventory was almost half of what we have now. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, every time you went to purchase a place, you were competing, yeah. and and the market seemed to keep edging up and edging up. But those were kind of unusual years. The last three years, we're getting back to more of a normal market. Yeah. Um, so I kind of I kind of think this is a nicer market for buyers. Yeah, actually, for so it, it's a nice market for realtors too. Yeah, that's correct for sellers. It's a little more tricky because properties have to be, really be priced sharply. Yeah. And you've got to look at your previous sales. You've got to look at your comparables, what your competition is, and how you can stand out. For those realtors that are agents representing the sellers, it's a little more trickier. Yeah, you got to be much tighter on pricing. Pricing is everything. Making sure that, that you're not pricing based on yesterday's hot market, right? That's right. Yeah. I, I just referenced a moment ago, it's it's a better market for realtors. Uh, it, it really is because it's not crazy nuts. And like you said, we can all uh, make much better informed decisions because there's more time, right? And that takes the stress out of it. I mean, it was a stressful time and, and not just stressful for buyers, but it's stressful for realtors because re- the buyers are relying on, upon our advice. And this market is just a nice, calmer market. Yeah, there was nothing worse than that time where your buyer would say, gee, Mr. Realtor, uh, you tell me, how much should I offer in order to get that house? And then sometimes when they got it, they wondered, oh, my goodness, did I offer too much? Yeah, exactly. But uh, I I worked with a buyer in downtown Vancouver uh, in 2018, and we went out almost every Saturday. 
And every Monday, we put an offer in on at least one property, and we missed out until almost May. <laughs> so they almost gave up. It was frustrating for the realtor, frustrating for the buyers. Yeah. And we'd see the same people every Saturday, every Sunday, looking at the same condos, trying to get a place downtown. Yeah. And uh, downtown just didn't have the inventory. Yeah, You were bumping into your competitors every week. Exactly. Yeah. I'm recognizing their buyers. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. All right. So now that we're on, we're on that topic, I, I want to ask the one that everyone wants to know, and that is um, foreign buyers. Because you know, this whole topic and notion of taxing uh, foreign buyers and vacancy tax, speculation tax, and all these things, again, came from Vancouver. And a question that you must get all the time is, how foreign is Vancouver? Well, the statistics that we follow, and it's easy to track now because we have a foreign national tax where we can track the sales, uh, it's resulting in less than 5% of the market. And it was upward of 6 or 7% previous as to what they were saying. And, you know, what's really been affected is the higher price range, which makes sense. Those are $3 million to 10 or $15 million properties uh, that were attracted to foreign nationals, and that market softened. Mm-hmm. But you can certainly see that the rest of the market is still moving, um, and we've got the stats now to, to prove it, that it is, isn't as big a problem as it was. Well, it, there's been so much rhetoric because when the discussion about implementing the taxes came in a couple of years ago, there was all this, uh, there was all this speculation, it's a bad word to use, I think, all this rhetoric that, oh my goodness, these foreigners are coming and they're buying these properties and they're leaving them vacant uh, and they're flipping them and it's making things very difficult for locals. But yet, but... but Vancouver came in with the vacant home tax, yep. and they were predicting all of these properties and all this money they were going to collect from the tax, yep. and it didn't come anywhere near what they thought it was. So either these people rented them out, but we didn't see inventory come on in the rental because we're really low in rentals. Yeah, you'd see an increase in, in, in rental uh, in, in vacancies, right, if it was true? Yes, yeah. exactly, and and we're still point zero nine percent vacancy so um and they didn't collect that much money from the tax so it was the media uh, making a bigger deal out of it than what it was uh certainly we have it now and uh, now those people are faced with a second tax and that would be the the speculative and vacant home tax okay so we should make sure that our listeners here in victoria understand that we do have the speculation tax the vacancy tax but vancouver has an extra an additional vacancy tax right that's right. That's so, a could, could, tax. Okay, so could you so explain tax. that to us? Yeah. So that came out just in Vancouver. Yeah. So every homeowner in Vancouver has to file whether they're living in the house or whether they're they're renting it out. Yeah. And if they're renting it out, because um, they've got investment properties, you need to put down the name of the tenant when the tenancy took took place mm-hmm. and whether it's month to month. And you will do that every year in Vancouver. Okay. So the Vancouver homeowners not only have to do that, but they also have to do this new... BC speculation tax thing uh, declaration form, right? Beginning, uh, beginning uh, right now. That's right. They're in the mail, and they, the deadline's March thirty first, right? That's right. Okay. Wow. So, um, for the people that are in fact true speculators in Vancouver, uh, they will pay the BC speculation tax, which is uh, currently 05 percent of assessed value, but it'll go up to two percent, right? That's right. And yours, what's the what's the Vancouver tax, which is additional? It's a point one. Okay, of assessed value. That's right. 
Okay. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, all right. So let's just step back a couple of steps here. Um, you said three to five percent uh, uh, foreign uh, identification in Vancouver, right? Yeah, that's what that's what the statistics from the property transfer tax are showing us, uh-huh. uh, or not for the property transfer tax, but from that speculative tax, which they increased from fifteen percent to twenty percent. Mm. Uh, so those sales are taking place at a notary's office. And there is a declaration that has to be made yeah. and a tax that has to be collected. And so the government now has the data, yeah. and it's it's somewhere between 3 and 4%. Yeah, I think people were hoping, you know, they had their fingers crossed, hoping that it would turn out to be like 20% or 50% or some of that, but it's not. Yeah, it was, certainly was predicted to be that high. Yeah. Um, certainly two higher areas were Richmond, Burnaby, and the west side of Vancouver, but they were nowhere near uh, what they were predicted to be. Yeah, I think people forget about the fact that it's not just the foreign money that drives the marketplace. It's all the people within our markets, Vancouver, Victoria, who just want to move. That's right. Right. That's oh. right. And, and, I mean, we keep getting voted one of the top three or four places in the world to live. So, you know, we've got people acro- right across Canada coming here. Yeah, goodness. We're on the phone right now with Phil Moore. Phil is the president of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, having a great conversation about what's going on over there because it's all related to what happens here in Greater Victoria as well. But we need to take a quick break. Phil, we'll be back uh, with us in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. I'm chatting today with the president of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, Phil Moore. But before we pick up our conversation, I just want to remind you about our home buyer and owner event that is coming up on Saturday, March the 9th at the Union Club downtown from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You'll have a chance to ask any question that you have regarding either buying, selling, or even owning and maintaining your home and getting it insured, for instance, with our show sponsors. That would be our mortgage broker, Denise Webster, home insurance manager, Carrie Augustini, the building inspector, Carrie Smith, and also the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group, and me. I'd be happy to answer any question that you have. If you want to come, our registration link can be found on our page on the CFAX website. It's the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Tickets are $25. You won't want to miss it, and hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, We're here talking with Phil Moore. Phil, thanks again for coming on the line. Not a problem. Yeah, we were talking before the break about Vancouver and about foreign uh, um, foreign buyers, about the fact that the figures are coming out to be around three to five percent, and yet we've got all this taxation that has been implemented uh, into uh, British Columbia now. I, I mean, you've probably heard it as well too. I've heard from people who are not buyers or sellers who just own properties. There's a lot of confusion right now about that whole having to sign the declaration form to make sure they don't accidentally get taxed a speculation tax. Uh, correct. I mean, we are getting inundated with calls. Uh, we've got some concerns from citizens that have decided to rent their property out to uh, to a company or a corporation or a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and those people are a society where they are allowing homeless people to come into their home, or it's a group home, and all of those landlords are subject, potentially subject to that speculative tax. Mm-hmm. But yet, they're trying to do something good. They're trying to rent it to a company that will allow a homeless shelter or allow people to recover mm-hmm. from whether it's drug or alcohol um, or abuse and all of those people. So, they're, are, so they only want to make these properties available, and yet they could be subject to the tax? Uh, correct. Any uh, looking, looking at the way it's written right now, any property that's owned by a corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, other, the other side of it is people that are 
got their kids in school. So if if I've got a client and uh, he, he, he couldn't find a place for a son or daughter, but a son or daughter was going to UBC, you know, he purchased a condo as an investment, allows his son or daughter to live there so they can attend university, and they're subject to the tax, and they're not just foreigners. They're, they're people from right across Canada. I mean, our universities are worldwide known. Yeah. Oh, and this is true. Actually, this is a good point because it's not just for uh, foreign owners. This applies to anyone outside B.C. Uh, who earns income outside B.C. So you've got your Albertans, your Ontarioites, all of these guys sending their kids to school, uh, and they will be uh, subject to this tax, right? Yeah, and I mean, we've got three popular universities. You've got a popular university, mm-hmm. uh, uni- University of British Columbia, Simon Fraser University in British Columbia, in, in Burnaby, British Columbia, and then we've got a Christian University, Trinity Western, in Langley, and all of those are affected, and people come from across Canada, yeah. and of course, your university in Victoria. Mm-hmm. You know, the big, uh, a big concern that many people have had is, all right, well, will this mean that parents will start thinking about sending their kids to other marketplaces where these taxes do not apply? And I think they got to be thinking that. I mean, um, we built these universities uh, to accommodate. Uh, UBC's got such a great name. UVic does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they'll be looking elsewhere outside of these areas. Yeah. And then it brings up that whole conversation about unintended consequences, because if we don't have these people here, uh, all of a sudden our coffee shops, cafes, uh, all these little shops that are uh, in our marketplaces aren't going to be as busy as they were before. That's right. And these students, I mean, there were about 50,000 students looking for rental accommodation in and around the University of British Columbia. And I've seen people renting out their dining room and putting up a curtain. And some of them just, just had no safe place for their kids to go to, to, to live while they're going to school. At the University of British Columbia, the first year you get living accommodation, you have a priority over other students. But the second, third, and fourth year, you're on your own. My goodness. So a lot of law parents were concerned. They wanted a safe place. Yeah. Uh, we built the condos. We sold them, and the kids moved in. They're attending university, and uh, now... They're going to uh, be taxed. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Goodness. Phil, um, question for you. So you, you and uh, your partner, Doris, are very busy agents in Vancouver. And, of course, everyone knows Vancouver is the most expensive real estate in Canada uh, by a large margin, you know, basically double in price of what Victoria uh, has to offer here. Um, do you, have you guys helped a lot of first-time buyers get into the marketplace? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the fun part of about this business, yeah. um, uh, working with the young buyers, uh, especially the condo condo in a townhouse market a lot of them are getting money from their parents we've been around for 30 years so they're you know we were selling their parents houses and their house the parents are pulling out equity and saying here i've got i've got a client for you would like you to work with my son buy his first property we're going to help him with the down payment um and so yeah we because we've been in it it started to turn over mm-hmm. start to sell their kids and their kids kids place intergenerational that's right. Yeah, no, the reason why I asked that question is because that comes up here in Victoria, too, where people say it's so expensive here that peop- there are no first-time buyers. People will not be able to enter the marketplace. And I always say that's not true because I help first-time buyers get into the marketplace. They do buy things. Yeah, right. and actually, that was driving our market last spring. It was driven by uh, 750000 in the last, and it was driven by first-time buyers. And it's a traditional spring market is driven by the first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. 
So, so anyone who says that Vancouver, Victoria are markets that where people cannot get in, that is not necessarily true, is it? No, and it's it's, but it's so competitive because uh, some of these kids are their threshold is five hundred thousand and under, mm-hmm. and they're faced in Vancouver with a one bedroom condo. Um, they go to outlying areas like Langley in the, in the Fraser Valley, um, Abbotsford, Aldergrove, um, and that's the whole market is driven by first time buyers out there. Yeah. Wow. And hey, five hundred thousand dollars sounds like a lot, and sure it is. But you know, you and I started a couple years after you. I was in nineteen ninety one. Uh, remember back then when it was like, oh my, who could afford a two hundred thousand dollars house? <laughs> Real estate over the long term. Yeah, it's been proven to be a good investment. Yeah. My goodness. My goodness. So generally speaking, right now, then uh, in in what you've seen, who who are the buyers? Who's driving the marketplace right now? Because they're not the foreigners, because you just said nope. it's 3 to 5%, right? And the developers, those people that are going to build a house for speculative purposes, they're sitting on the sidelines, and they're not buying. And so, um, you know, we're, we're a first-time buyer or was buying a condo, and that condo seller was going to move up and get a townhouse. Mm-hmm. That condo seller can now maybe possibly move up and buy, uh, you know, a 1950s bungalow fixer-upper type home before they couldn't get into the housing market because the developer would grab it for the land. Mm-hmm. And so right now, really, our market is driven by first-time buyers or move-up buyers. Mm-hmm. We've got hardly any national foreign nationals purchasing. Uh, the speculators are taking a wait-and-see. Uh, and those developers that are building for speculative purposes, they're just waiting. They're just watching to see what happens. Yeah. You the, know, biggest I- fear, the biggest fear is you see condo projects being canceled. Yeah. So when you've got condo projects being canceled, downtown Vancouver, 1400 block West Georgia, uh, 30-story high-rise canceled, those are lost jobs. No kidding. That's, that's a concern. Yeah, but it's also a, a signal that the developer there did not have, they didn't want to risk the development, right? They didn't have the confidence. Yeah, that's, that's really right. saying something. Yeah. Hmm. You know, Phil, I've got to say, I always appreciate um, people like yourself because not only uh, are you very active as the president of the Vancouver Real Estate Board, we've all seen you in the media. I, and I told you the other day, I think you have done an amazing job. You've been an excellent spokesperson for uh, your community in, in Vancouver, but you also do a great job in our province and, and nationally as well, too. I think it's really important that you are a busy agent because you're on the streets. You are talking to people. You are serving uh, these people who are buyers. You're not just a beer, you know, in the office, right? Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, so I, I a challenging a challenging year, but I was up for the challenge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's coming to an end because your term ends in um, uh, March or something, right? In forty-four days. Oh, they're they're about. My goodness, what's going to happen in Vancouver? What's what do you see coming up in the in the near future? What are things? I mean, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are hoping you're going to say, oh, prices are going to drop a whole bunch. What do you think? Well, we haven't seen the hike in interest rates. We were expecting a hike in December. We were expecting another hike in January. We were expecting a hike in March. All of those have put on hold. What we do know is we've got record housing starts. So we had some 42,000 construction starts. Uh, those places will be coming on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we're starting the year with over 10,000 listings. Uh, we're nowhere year, near our record, uh, which is several years ago when we hit over 20,000 listings. Oh, so, so listings are still low. Selection. Yeah. I think the prices are going to stay stable. Yeah. Um, and I think that buyers will be surprised that, that there are some deals out there. 
and uh, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of choices. And so the only thing I can say to buyers is, you know, if you were frustrated last year, check back in now. You'll find that interest rates are historically low and there's more selection. You know, same story as here in Victoria. Exact same story. That's that's exactly what's happening here as far as inventory and selection and all these things. You brought it up earlier in our show here today, though, too, about the fact that Vancouver or the lower, the lower mainland, Western Canada, is one of the most desirable places to live, not only nationally, but um, uh, globally, for that matter. Everyone wants to be there, right? Yeah, well, look at our, <laughs> look at our winter. Uh, <laughs> back east are getting hit with some snowstorms and... Uh, and uh, we haven't seen, we've had spring-like conditions. Yeah. There would have to be a lot uh, to cause people not to want to either move to or invest in Vancouver or Victoria, right? That's right. And we keep seeing, we keep seeing the net immigration numbers. And there's, in the lower mainland here, there's thirty to 40,000 every year coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly, they like living here. They like the lifestyle. Um, some of the people in the IT business uh, they're okay living in a small accommodation downtown. They don't drive. They have a bike. There's lots of bike lanes. There's Stanley Park, and they're really they're coming here for for lifestyle. Yeah, because a lot of these people in the tech industry or IT business, they could live any. They could choose to live anywhere, right? That's right, anywhere in the world. Yeah, and they and, should. And we do we do see Seattle is is growing and Toronto is growing, but from what I hear, uh, if they have a choice from Vancouver, Toronto, they prefer our weather. So. <laughs> I would agree with you there. Uh, we may not be able to beat the Leafs, but we might. Uh, oh, about the weather. there you go. That's a call out for our Canuck, uh, our Canuck uh, fans out there. Um, <laughs> Phil, thanks very much for uh, coming on our show here. Again, Phil Moore is the president of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. What's the website there, Phil, just in case somebody needs to, to visit it? Uh, so the website, uh, rebgb.org. Great. Real Estate Board Great, and there's tons of great information. You guys do great releases every month. Uh, so much great information. Thanks for joining us, Phil. And to the rest of your list, our listeners here, I want to remind you about our event coming up on March the 9th. Make sure you visit our page on the CFAX website to register. Thank you, Phil, for coming on the show. Great having you. And, uh, I, again, you've done such a wonderful job, you and your predecessor, Jill, who was on the show here before as well, too. You guys are great. Thank you very much. Great. Okay. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.